Hello and welcome to Homework, the podcast by and for people who work from home. This is episode 244, when you work from home and the office. Uh, I am Dave Kello, sitting here with your co-host, Harry Marks. Hey, Harry. Hello, Dave. Harry, what's the Harry news this week? Oh, let's see. I finished my second full week of the new job. Um, Uh. I don't know if anyone else gets this, but I'm still out there. This is a, a contract job, so... You know, I'm still out there with feelers out for full-time work. And I got this ping on LinkedIn, and someone's like, oh, I have this position open in my industry, my normal industry, you know, full-time. And I was like, all right, I'm interested. Let me know. And that was at 8.30 in the morning. Never heard back. So I, this has <laughs> happened a couple of times. I don't know what the deal is. Like, it was, I answered her within 30 seconds of getting the message and then ghosted. So I don't know why that happened but i've had that a couple of times and it's it's really frustrating yeah i've had there's a couple parts of applying for jobs that really drive me crazy um one is that sort of limbo where like you're describing you don't really hear anything or even worse you go in for an interview and then days or weeks go by and you don't hear anything right if it's no i'm happy to hear no but please just tell me because yeah living in employment limbo is no fun and also you know, I, I don't know if this is just an American cultural thing, but people are so touchy about money. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get to, you get to the point where it's time to have that conversation, but you don't want to talk about it. Or you finally ask what's the pay and they say, well, I'll have to talk to HR. To, just tell me. Yeah. Because this is a big part of my decision. If you're paying me X, I'm absolutely not going to do this. And if you're paying me Y, I absolutely will. Right. For all you other, for all this employer knows, I have something else I'm considering, and whether I say yes or no to that depends on the number you give me right now. So I know that Americans are very touchy about talking about money, yeah. especially money that they earn and money that they have, um, and unfortunately that affects the employment game as well. I I feel like you know asking someone how much they make is sort of like asking them how much your house costs. And you know it's it's tacky, right. but when you're when you're looking for a job, the employer should just put the salary out there or at least the range, you know, dependent upon experience, put the salary range out there. So at least I know what yeah. I'm if I'm not if I'm wasting my time or not sitting down with you. Exactly. And and unfortunately like some of them do um on LinkedIn, some of them do, but then most of the time uh, I end up having to go to Glassdoor looking for someone who either had the same job or yes. or looking for someone for a range in my city because I I come from a legal background so legal pays a hell of a lot differently than publishing does for example so mm-hmm. you know I know that unless I get to a certain level in publishing I'm not making anywhere near what I was making in legal at a different level and I right. need to know that information and it's a waste of time so I will say I've been lucky enough to work with recruiters and they they always ask me what is your range because then they know they have the information. They know to yeah. come back and say, all right, well, this one is a little lower. This one is in, in your range. So that's been really helpful. But if you're doing this on your own, I mean, good luck. It's a it's a nightmare. Not to mention if you're in the position where you're the employer and you're going to hire somebody. So if you think at, of it from that side of the desk, you're wasting – it's a waste of your own time. And time is so precious, especially when you're such a small business, where if you spend an hour or an hour and a half with this per- certain employee – That's 90 minutes you're not putting directly into your business. And if they're going to say no, because you're going to offer them X, then you you really wasted that time. Not to mention the initial emails to get them in vetting uh, uh, applications. Oh my God, it's like a parade up and down the stairs. (laughs) Welcome to work from home in 2020, folks. Um, 
vetting applications, getting back to them talking to HR, it's easy to waste your time as the job seeker, but equally easy to waste your time as the potential employer. Yes. And in the old days when, and it's still short accounts, but in the old days when the, the potential, when the candidate would come to the office, sit down mm-hmm. for the interview, take time out of their day. You know, I, I mm-hmm. never understood why the thank you note was such a big deal because if anything, if I'm the one interviewing, I should be thanking you for taking time out of your day and away from your job to come sit mm-hmm. with me and convince me to hire you, which brings me to another thing. And, and then I think we should go into the, the tools of the week. But I was reading a, a subreddit or a Reddit thread of this woman who she had a steady job and she had been working there for several years uh, and she was happy in what she did. But every couple of years she would go out on interviews and she did it just to keep her skills up to see what was out there. But she always went in with the mentality of you convince me to work for you and not the other way around. And she would literally in the interview when they asked her, why do you want to work here? She'd say, you convince me. I'm I'm here for your benefit. So you convince me why I should be working at this company for you. And you know, you would think that would burn bridges and you know, she'd have a hard time finding a job. One time she did it, she was offered the position 2 days later. I don't think she took it based on on how the thread was going, but you know, she did it just to see you know, to see what was out there and to really like test them because we live in a lot of states and at, with at-will employment where you can be fired for anything and um, you know, it, it puts employers in a position of power and they know it. They can do what they want because unfortunately, if you live in the US, your healthcare is tied to your employment. You know, if you're unemployment only ca- it caps out at a certain amount. So you're if you work in a in a white collar job or if you work for a, a corporate company, you know, you're not gonna be making nearly as much on unemployment as you were making originally. And so, you know, you've got rent to pay and mortgage and bills and all this stuff. And so you're in this terrible situation where you're either staying in a job you hate or you're fired for nonsense, and then you have to find a new job, which is in this environment, forget it. So it was really cool to see this technique where she didn't care. She had the job. She she just wanted to push the envelope a little bit, and it worked in her favor. I'm not saying go out and do that, but you know, if you feel confident, if you're if you're in a position where you can go and sort of test the waters a little bit, that might be something to do. Hmm. Yeah, that's really clever. I never even thought of that. Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I want to go have an interview just to try it and see what happens. Well, I, I think part of the reason our country is so against universal health care and things is because, especially for business owners, is because it would turn the tables. They would have nothing to to lord over us, to, to lure right. us uh, away from whatever job we're working or to not mistreat us anymore. So, you know, it's right. I, I would love to have the tables turned and, and, you know, for people not to be beholden to an employer because they need to keep their health care and their doctor like I don't want to get political on this, but, you know, that's where we, we are right now. Yeah. Oh, well. All I'll say is the Netherlands has got it all figured out. Seems like go it. Ahead and go-, go ahead and Google it, kids. <laughs> They've got it all figured out. Speaking of getting things figured out, Harry, should we talk about our tools of the week? We shall. What is yours? Mine is, so I, it's called Feedbin, and uh, people may have heard of it. It's an RSS reader, but it does a lot more than mm-hmm. that. I had first heard about it. I, I had heard about it years ago, and it sort of fell to the wayside in my mind. But then I was watching videos by um, this YouTuber, Chris Lawley, who does videos about how he uses his iPad and his workflow. Um, and he actually might be a really fun guest, I think, um, to have on the show. Oh, but um, he was talking about the apps he uses, and he uses things for his to-do list, and he uses... Um, drafts just like we do and one of the other apps he mentioned was Feedbin he uses it as his RSS reader and what's really cool about Feedbin I hadn't really given it a shot but 
Um, it like a lot like all RSS readers, you can import your websites and and stuff. Um, it, you can categorize them with folders and tags. Um, but what's really cool is that you can also import newsletters. It gives you an email address oh. like OmniFocus does and, and other applications or Kindle where you send instead of subscribing with your regular email address to a newsletter, you can subscribe with this Feedbin newsletter uh, email address and it will automatically pull in the latest issues and it separates them from the rest of your feed too. It has a little section for newsletters. It also does Twitter. You can subscribe to certain Twitter feeds and have them imported oh. into your RSS reader. So that kind of stuff is really pulling me in. It's $5 a month. And then it's a, if you want to pay yearly, it's a lower amount per month. Um, but it has a whole bunch of features. You can do um, pull the full text of an article that only offer partial content. Um, you can, uh, there are different actions you can do like star and Marcus reader send do push notifications on certain articles or feeds you, you want to follow. You can pull in podcasts so it'll pull in RSS feeds for podcasts and let you listen right within the app. And you don't wow. have to use their app. There is an iOS, iPadOS and, and, um, app for that. And I do it on the Mac on the web. Um, but it also works with Reader, Unread, Readably, NetNewsWire. So it hmm. works with a whole bunch of different RSS apps. But I've been using the main app because I want like the experience of Feedbin. So yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying it. The newsletter thing was a killer feature for me. That was, that that sealed the deal for me. So I started migrating my old newsletters that I was getting in my email, which are too many, and I just I was losing track of them. And most of them, and they're they're usually like tech or marketing focused. I dump those into Feedbin and I read them on my own time. Yeah, uh, so three things. One, RSS is not dead. Nope. Rumors of its death are greatly exaggerated. Uh, number two, I tell me a little bit about um, pulling in Twitter. You said you can do, is it pull in a list that you define? How does that work? Um, I'm going through their website now, and let me actually go into my, my Feedbin instance here. Sure. Because I'm not using it. That, for... I'll tell you why I asked, because I'm on my... I'm the, the project, the personal product I'm working on now is called Make Twitter Tolerable, mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of Twitter is just really unpleasant, and I find it just makes me very unhappy to use. But I talk; that's where I talk to a great number of my friends, so I don't want to abandon it. So I'm trying to work out a way to still use it that just doesn't leave me feeling icky at the end of the session. Right. And if this can help that happen, I will be very happy. So when you import, you, you can import lists. Okay. So yeah, this, this can sort of work the same way. You can set up lists for yourself of your, the Twitter feeds you want to follow. And what's cool. So I just added you and you can do um, the full feed. So anything you tweet, or you can pull in tweets with media and links only. So if you don't care that they're oh. posting about their breakfast, you only want to know when someone posts a link about the shortcut they made or the article they wrote. You can yeah. hot. You can make sure that only those tweets come in, and then you can tag it with you know I have like Apple and newsletters and tech, so you can tag it with whatever you want, uh, and they'll be assigned to that. So you can have a Twitter tag and put all of your tweet people under there. Okay, that's cool. I'm gonna try that. Uh, yeah, I am definitely gonna try that. It's called Feedbin. And what is Feedbin. it? Feedbin.com. Feedbin.com. All right. Uh, the third thing that uh, I thought of, boy, I've been tempted by things so <laughs> many times. Have you used things? I used it years ago. And it, at the time it was getting there, um, it was, it looked really nice. It's always looked, it's always been a great looking app, but it never had the features that I wanted. And the more mm. and more I hear of people using it, the more and more I want to try it out. Um, but a, a, one of my, other people I work with uses Todoist, and we're all in a shared plan right now. So I'm sort of going back mm. into Todoist. Todoist is very nice. Things is very pretty. 
Things is very pretty. It's it's especially on iOS and iPadOS. It's really nice looking. Yeah. All right. So that was Feedbin with little things in Twitter thrown in for good luck. My tool of the week finally arrived, Harry. I'm holding it up now so only mm. you can see uh, my Varenfig notebook. Um, Your pumpkin confidant. My pumpkin confidant. Oh, that's it's that's accurate and a cute name. Well, that's what they call Getting it. In that's the car with my pumpkin confidant. That's that's the color they they call. That's their new fall color. Is the, the yes, it's this beautiful bright orange. I'm a big fan of orange, as some people mm-hmm. may know. Same. And uh, so I'm using this as my new brillo journal. So now I've always used the Leuch term, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm yeah. sorry for. No, I, I think you're right. That's how I, I've heard it said on, on the Pen Addict and, and other places. Okay, good. So that is the like a branded bullet journal and sort of the Pages Insider set up um, with your, um, I don't know, the way it needs to be set up. It's got the template um, in there. This yeah. one. Yeah, isn't. Um, so there are a couple things. I mean, I've only had this for a few days at this point, but the things I really like, um, the size is just great. It's more squat than the large term, but it's wider and it's wider than um, the moleskin as well. So I feel like there's plenty of room to write and it's a little bit smaller so I can throw it in my bag very, very easily. Mm-hmm. The, the cover is covered with some sort of material. I don't know what this is. It's a cloth. It feels like it's like a, yeah, yeah, some there, type of cloth. It's a cloth it feels covering. really, really nice. Um, boy, it picks up stains like crazy, though. Yeah. <laughs> I've already got several on the back. Um, and there's a bookmark ribbon, um, which is great. I am got really used to the three ribbons that are in the voice term. Mm-hmm. I always did one ribbon for the index, um, one ribbon for uh, the month, the starting of the current month, and one ribbon for the page I'm currently on. Right. And I just knew what color to grab. So it's gonna. I'm gonna have to spend time getting used to just having the one ribbon. I don't haven't decided where I'm gonna put it. Maybe the current page. Um, I do use the index in any bullet journal extensively because it's just so darn useful. Right. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm pretty happy. It's really cute and cozy. I haven't really had a, too much of a chance to set it up yet. I just basically put a calendar in a start of an index page. But I was talking about it last time before it arrived. I wanted to mention today that it is here. And um, I'm happy to get to know my new pumpkin friend. Yeah, the, what, what I really love about the the confidants is, and if you didn't hear last week's episode with Patrick Grone, first of all, go back and listen to it. But um, yes. I, I have worked with them before. I've done work for them. So, you know, you can take what I say with a grain of salt, but it is, it's also written on their website. Um, they're, the notebooks do lay flat, which is really nice. And Very nice. The, the paper, I can attest, is excellent with most fountain pens. Um, and pencils so it's really good for whatever um, writing instrument you're using yeah i was playing around and i actually put a little watercolor on a page Mm -hmm. not a lot but a little and it did not bleed through which impressed the daylight me. yeah it's because if you really good if you've used watercolor paper you know how heavy it is Mm -hmm. and this certainly isn't that Um, and again i didn't do a wash on the whole page but i did put a little bit and it didn't go through so i was very happy about that nice my my one complaint about this particular notebook, the pumpkin one, is I it, I think it has the yellow ribbon, right? It has the the yellow yes, bookmark. Yes, it does. So they called it pumpkin. Why not do a green ribbon? It would have looked like a pumpkin. No, it would have been so perfect. That is a missed opportunity right there. I that that was my only complaint. I was like, why didn't you do green? That would have looked great. <laughs> yeah, you're ninety nine percent of the way there. Yeah. Just put a green ribbon in. So I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. I'm gonna have fun making this my bullet journal, and uh, I'll keep you guys updated as I, I'm sure I'll learn more as I start actually. Nice. Speaking of day to day, we are talking this week about well, sub businesses, 
are uh, inviting employees back to the office, some on, you know, a little bit at a time. And so some listeners and even some of us have found ourselves splitting our time between working from home and working in the office. So um, Harry and I wanted to discuss how to best manage the situation when you are working consistently from two locations, the office and your home office. Yeah. So uh, in um, in the U.S., because economy is king, unfortunately, um, a lot of yes. businesses have been opening up. And you know, in certain instances, I can see why it's necessary. For example, we heard uh, a couple months ago that Apple would be opening up certain parts of the business. You know, if you work mm-hmm. in design and you're designing the next MacBook or the next iPad, you kind of can't do that from, especially if you're using the machining tools, you can't do that from home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to be in the office. And most companies, most good companies have taken the precautions. They have, you know, sanitary stuff all over the place. They're wiping down surfaces every couple of minutes, every half hour, maybe. You know, masks are mandatory in the building. People are six feet apart, the whole shebang. But then there are a lot of offices that don't have that in place. I am friends with someone. She was working for a company, a, a surprisingly influential company um, that worked with, um, I don't want to go into it, but I don't want to get her in trouble or anything. But they, they work with a lot of big brands. And mm-hmm. they weren't taking those precautions. And she was terrified to go in the office because people would come up yeah. to, to her desk and talk to her and they weren't wearing masks. And, you know, it was a it was a very different culture um, from what it should have been. And so she got out of there pretty quickly and she's in law school now and she's doing fantastic. But um, she, you know, that's, that's a scary position to be in. And you might be in a, in a place where you have no choice. You have, you, you were called back to the office and you have to go. So, you know, we, we need to figure out the best ways to do that. So, you know, you can stay organized and safe and, you know, sanitary and, and clean and, and all of that fun stuff so that you don't accidentally bring anything into your house or right. give it to someone else. Right. Some of the people that you're living with. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because if this were a year ago, we would simply talk about tools that can be ubiquitous. Now we have to talk about how not to bring a potentially fatal disease into your home right? as well. So let's start with the easier of the two and go with tools. So things is a great place to start. We mentioned things earlier. I've been tempted by things in the past, like I said, and one of the reasons I've not used it or really adopted it is because I have a PC at work and a Mac at home. Mm -hmm. So if I'm using a project management software, it has to be um, accessible to, has to be platform agnostic. I like things that can work in a browser. You mentioned Todoist. Todoist works great in a browser. So you don't have to install anything, which IT might not allow you to do on your work computer, or you just might not want to do. You can simply open a browser and everything is synced back and forth. Um, Notion is another great Example, uh, Harry and I love Notion. Yes, there are dedicated apps, but you can also use Notion beautifully right in the browser. Mm -hmm. So the stuff you work on at home and the stuff you work on in your remote office are accessible no matter where you are. Right. Um, One thing, so the industry I work in now is very heavily regulated by the government. Mm -hmm. And so I am not allowed to really use my laptop for... Uh, Even the browser, um, I can't use unapproved applications, even if they're cloud-based, especially if they're cloud-based, because our IT department would have an absolute conniption. So (laughs) it's to the point where, like, I was reading through the terms and everything, and, like, if I email myself something from the work email and they start noticing that I'm doing that a lot, like, any emails that come in, I can't send them to myself as, like, a backup Mm. Um, they'll come after me and and they'll terminate me or, you know, ask why have you been emailing yourself so much stuff. So one thing you can do, though, and if your company will spring for it, great. If not, 
they're very they're pretty cheap nowadays you can get one for 100 bucks or less on on wherever try not to shop on amazon um but get yourself an external monitor to have at the house um i got i got one it's on my dining room table um i thought my wife was gonna yell at me for spending money and she's actually using it more than i am because she does painting tutorials online so she sits at the dining room table and uses my monitor to paint ah that's win-win yep so you know fine she's not going to complain i'm not either (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah having an external monitor at home allows you to be a little more productive you have a, a lot more room to work with um and then this way when you bounce from the office to to home if you have a laptop then you can get your work done equally well in both places. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about moving items back and forth. Um, I'm sure, uh, Harry, it sounds like you would experience this, and I bet a lot of listeners will as well, and I have as well. There are some materials that simply cannot leave the building, uh, cannot leave the office at any point. Right. Um, there are others that maybe can go back and forth. Um, for instance, the notebook I was talking about earlier, I would bring back and forth because it has vital information just for me, but not necessarily it's not a HIPAA violation for me to take my notebook out of my office and bring it right. back home. But so the concern there is making sure it is safe and clean and not going to um, harm anyone, Right. Uh, which is really odd. So um, I would be in the position, I'm not going to the office right now, but I might be in a couple of weeks and I probably will take this with me. So I know and trust the cleaning crew at work, but I also want to just have my own peace of mind so I'm probably going to have a little sanitizer. I'm probably going to have a little uh, container of wipes with me and just go over things like the countertop. Yes, but of course, the doorknob, the light switch, the arms in my chair, all that kind of thing. Just real quick um, as I sit down and probably once again before I leave just to ensure that um, even if it's overkill, um, you know, there are three other people who live in this house with me. Mm-hmm. And if one of them got sick due to my negligence. I just would not be able to live with myself. A um, couple of things I would recommend if you're going back to the office, you might be, the, and I'm not saying you personally, Dave, but you know the retor- <laughs> the, the the royal you, the royal you. Um, you might be the kind of person who used to big a, carry a big Horkin backpack with you everywhere you went. I would try to slim that down as much as possible. Only carry the essentials, and by essentials, I mean also, you know, if you have a pen cup on your desk at work lose it get rid of it carry your pens your pencils yep. your stapler your you know the the essential stuff you need to get your job done um with you in your bag this way if someone's snooping around your desk looking for a pencil to, to write with and then they put it back you want to make sure you're not accidentally touching something that someone else had their grubby little mitts on so keep yep. your stuff with you in your bag and the other reason i say slim down is because i would suggest if you if you sit at one of those desks like an office desk with a big filing cabinet next to you if you have the room put your bag in there when you're at work keep it away from people sneezing on it and you know breathing too heavily on it all that stuff people walking by put it in mm-hmm. the in the desk and only take it out when you decide to leave work um this way yeah. you won't you won't accidentally track something with you and it's funny we're definitely talking about slimming down um but you might be carrying things to and from work that you typically don't like Harry was saying specifically office supplies mm-hmm. you know the tape the stapler the pens uh, the post-it notes that usually just go and grab from the office supply closet uh, it might be a good idea to have your own supply not a whole lot but bring them with you don't loan them out and um just rely upon that stash the bag i have and i'm I'm really looking forward to using it again is by a company called moose designs and it's the oh yes i love that they have a new one out it's even slimmer than the one i have um, oh it's, gosh. it's a laptop bag. And what's great about it is there's a ton of pockets in it, but it has these wings. So on the, the sides of the wings that flip out, 
um, mm -hmm. there are pockets to put all your pencils and pens and post-it notes and all that fun stuff. And then there's a spot where you can put your laptop and the wings snap into place. So if you're at a Starbucks, the wings snap into, pla into place and provide you with this privacy protector so no one can see what you're working on. So you can set up your own mini cubicle at the, the table. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And there's, there's a new one. I think it's on Indiegogo. I don't know if they're on Kickstarter. I think they are on Kickstarter too. Um, but the... Yeah, if you back the new one, it's even slimmer because the the one I got is a backpack slash laptop bag. So they give you a strap yeah. to wear it however you want. This one, I think, is specifically a laptop bag. So there's no backpack straps. So it's really slim okay. and compact, and it still has the wings and all that stuff. So it, I really recommend it. It's beautifully made. It's a thick canvas. Um, I think it's cut-resistant or cut-proof. Um, it has a built-in um, USB cable, so you can hook up a battery pack to it, and you can charge hmm. your phone with you wherever you are. Um, yeah, it's really, really fantastic. I love that bag so much. Like a little library carol that you carry around with you. And set yeah, up. it's, it's <laughs> terrific. Right. So, um, let's see if there was someone who has been working at home for the past four or five, six months and learned that they're going to be spend, um, at least a part of their time now, um, back and forth at the office. Um, I wanted to think about what are the first things that they would think of. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is, what are the requirements for going into the building? Um, previously, mm -hmm. I'm sure you just park, open a door and go in. I know at my employer, we have to take our temperature right at the door. Um, we have to uh, fill out a form saying, you know, we haven't been coughing or anything like that. Um, so build in a little extra time for that to happen. Be prepared to have your temperature taken and think about that sort of thing. So the first thing I'd recommend is getting in touch with HR and saying, what are the new requirements that I have to meet right. um, before I'm allowed to go into the building? Yes. And I'd also ask, what are the, the precautions the company is taking to make sure mm -hmm. that you are kept safe as well? Um, it, may exactly. come, it may come down to maybe some people need to be moved around a little bit so that you're not right on top of each other, um, especially mm -hmm. if you work, God forbid, you work in an open, con uh, an open floor plan. Um, you know, one long picnic table, everyone sits at their laptop. That's got to change. Um, yeah. Well, an open floor plan has been a nightmare long before COVID-19. Yeah, oh, it's the worst. I, I know Facebook uses them. A lot of startups use them uh, and, and tech companies. And now I've, I've also noticed law firms using them. So it's just it's a really horrendous situation because there, there's no privacy anyway. Like you can't take a you can't call your doctor at your on your lunch break. You can't right. um, do what you need to do privately. Um you, you, hopefully they have like the one firm I worked for, they had these privacy booths. So they were like phone booths with just right. a, a tiny little table inside that you could put your laptop on and they were totally soundproof and no one could hear what you were doing. But like, that's not, that's not people, people want a space of their own. They want to decorate it their own way. You know, they want mm -hmm. that, that separation of other people, especially if the person next to them is like a loud chewer or they clip their nails at their desk uh, or all right. the, any other kind of, thing that would annoy them you know people people need their own space and so I, I would hope that would be in place for when you return to the office or even the person next to you is just having a conversation in at a point where you need to concentrate right someone's and someone comes by you know you won't stop talking <laughs> so susan how was your weekend and they're going on for 25 minutes and like no right. i've got work to do <laughs> uh, could you please be quiet I'm trying to get this done i worked in a situation like that for about half a year and one thing I noticed is they did have those little phone booth rooms as well as just regular meeting rooms. And the rooms were constantly booked, not yeah. for meetings, just by people who wanted an hour of quiet to get their work done. Yeah, which should be a, a red freaking flag for these people yes, to say, give us a cubicle. <laughs> Please, for the love of all that is holy. 
I don't like this. Um, all right, so Harry, are there other tools or tips or things you can think of that people should consider when going back to the office, even part-time? Um, buy multiple things of hand sanitizer and keep them, and, and wipes like alcohol wipes. Keep them in your car, keep them at your desk at work, keep them at home. If you can put it in your bag, keep one. That just you never know what's going to happen. Just have have some way to clean your hand, to to wipe yourself down, or you know wipe some. Maybe you go to the cafeteria and you get a bottle of Coke to wipe that down. You never know. So right. don't um, share your sanitizer. Don't don't share your sanitizer. Don't share food. Um, try not to share office supplies. Like really really lock it down. Um, and you know you might seem like the mean person who doesn't want to participate with anyone. And you know what? That's fine. You're trying not to die. So I think it's okay. I think they'll get over you not wanting to go to karaoke night or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No more board game night with your colleagues. No. All right, folks. If you are in the situation where you are starting to go back to the office or perhaps you're increasing the amount of time you spend at the office, let us know how it's going. We would love to hear and share your experiences. Um, Harry, you are back. I'm about to start going back. My wife is back. Um, it's really strange. My wife is a teacher. So, of course, she's in, you know, in the same building as hundreds of kids every day. Yeah. So I'm not back day, yet. Say, I'm still, I'm Good. still home. Oh, right. So, because when my son, leaves, I say goodbye, honey, don't die. Yeah. My, my <laughs> wife works in, in an office. Um, and she's, she wears her mask all day. Um, yeah. that's, a, that's another thing, you know, you, you might have to, if, if you do work in a cubicle, you don't have your own office, um, or you work in an open floor plan, you might have to wear your mask all day. And for that, I would say, try to find one, make sure it has the filter pocket, but try to find one that's a little lighter material than, than, what you've been using um, just to, to make it a little easier to wear throughout the day. Cause it's one thing to wear it for an hour when you go food shopping, but to wear it for eight right. hours at your desk, that's a lot. Um, yeah. And I would say bring a couple, if it's hot and you get sweaty in there, it's going to get nasty. So swap yeah. out a fresh one halfway through the day. Yep. My wife got us ones with this little piece of metal that goes over your nose because yep. we both wear glasses and this way they don't fog up because that's very annoying. I ordered one that looks like the bottom half of Jason Voorhees mask from Friday the 13th. Okay. Um, it hasn't shown up yet, but I can't wait to wear that to the supermarket just to freak out. The I want, I want shoppers. one. I want one that's the the Hannibal Lecter mask that goes over your face. <laughs> yeah, it's very. Good. I want that one. I did get a new one. I was using one. It was some, my mother in law bought it for us on Etsy. She bought us all the same ones. Um, it's this nice gingham blue, blue and white gingham pattern. Um, but I wanted a second mm. one. My wife has a second one that she swaps out every other day. Um, so I got one. It's the official Bill and Ted mask. So it says "Be excellent to each other" on it with w the Wild <laughs> Stallions logo on the bottom. It's really I love it. I can't wait to wear it to the grocery That's store nice. tomorrow. <laughs> I uh, love this has become a thing. Um, I saw one guy out who his masks uh, read. I wish it was 2019. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm right with you there, brother. And I thought of you at one point because there were two very well-dressed gentlemen i know you like to get dressed up yeah they're wearing bow ties yes and I their mask that. was the exact same material that's going to be the new thing the, the new trend is going to be you know you get the sets where you get the tie and the cufflinks and the tie the tie bar you're gonna get mask right. in there too you're gonna have the mask to, to complement the tie and everything which you oh. know what? i'm all for that that would look fantastic i thought it was great <laughs> yeah those are great um oh there was there was one other thing i wanted to, to talk about and and it escapes me now um but yeah, you know, it's, it really comes down to, oh, I know what it was. Um, you know, you're, you're working from home now. You might be returning to the office or maybe you have returned to the office. You know, whatever work habits you have put in at home to, to make sure you can get your work done and separate work life um, to make mm -hmm. sure that you end at five o'clock every day. If you mm -hmm. go to the office and you clock out at five and you go home and that's, that's when your day ends, 
Same thing at home. Once you're home, even if you're working from home and your laptop is set up on your desk uh, or your, your dining room table, leave it at five. Like walk away if you can because you're, yeah. you don't get into that habit where, well, I'm home now and they're expecting me to be on. All the, no. You know, if you're if you log out at five at the office, log out at five at home, like make sure that is clear. Yes, you are done and make sure the people in your orbit know that you are done. At right. Five. That not only is coworkers, but um, family, too. I'm done. I'm all yours. Yeah. And and but, I was reading this article about um, people returning to the office and just the, the general issues that people have had working from home on the whole. Internet is a big one. You know, reliability. Um, the, they say it was like 30 percent of meetings. Uh, these days end early because people have internet issues. I know that not everyone's going to be able to ask this question. And the fact that companies haven't offered it is a unsurprising, but b really gross. You know, your company should be paying for at least part of your home internet plan. If they're expecting Mm -hmm. you to work from home, they should be covering some of that cost. And so if that is something you can bring up with your company, um, maybe you can put it in a suggestion box, get others to suggest it as well, you know, build up a little steam behind it because it's it's really unfair that you're paying $150, $250 a month for your, your internet and your TV and all that stuff, but the company is expecting you to work from home and you're footing the dime for it. So, right. you know, thir- they, two-thirds of, of Americans want their employer think their employer should pay for their internet and i I, the fact that we can't even bring it up with them for the most part is is not great it is not great uh i agree that that should be a part of the working from home package harry i think we did a fantastic job with this week's talk i'm going to give myself a little pat on the back Oh, I might have some ice cream later as a reward. Oh, I hate you. I want ice cream. <laughs> I just <laughs> so Harry, where can cream. people find you online? Uh, Linktree, linktr.ee slash hcmarks. You can find all my links there. Blogs, books, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. You can find me the same place. Just replace the hcmarks with Dave Kalo. And that is all my goodies over at the Linktree. Uh, Harry, great talking to you <clears throat> as usual. Yep. Listeners, uh, great talking at you. Yes, and uh, if you if you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. Um, basically, if you find our show on any podcatcher, leave us a review. And you can find the show notes for this episode at 5by5.tv slash homework slash 244. Is that what we're up to? 244? Yes, sir. Man, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. Have a great week, everybody. Be safe and go get some work done. Bye.